When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Shopify presents cool sheets from aha to lying awake while you bake isn't cool. I suffered from the wrong kind of hot in bed, heat-induced insomnia. That was my aha moment. Bed sheets that keep you cool. Then I thought, how do I even sell bed sheets? That's when I had the idea that made it all possible. Signing up on Shopify. With the help of Shopify's intuitive online store creator, I started selling sustainable bamboo sheets that keep cool year-round. And my cool idea became a reality. Hot sleepers around the world rejoice. Shopify makes it simple to keep your cool while starting and growing your business. Start selling with Shopify today and join the commerce platform powering millions of businesses worldwide. From aha to anything is possible. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free 22. Shopify.com slash free 22. Welcome to MLB Daily, your one-stop shop for daily baseball content. I am L. Jay LaFira. Alongside me, I've got Brandon Karam, and we are a Belly Up Sports podcast. We are what they aren't. Brandon, how you doing? LJ, doing fantastic. Officially done with my sophomore year of college. Officially moved back home. Uh, certainly a great feeling and cannot wait to be able to just do much more content for you guys now. Um, really between now and August when I go back um, to school, but going to have a lot more free time on my hands for sure. And um, that's only going to make this show uh, even better. Absolutely. Let's get into some of that. Starting with Brandon, we had quite a bit of no hitter action, no hitter adjacent action over the last couple days. Uh, Brandon, we want to start yesterday's game. Of course, we had a little bit of excitement in this New York Yankees-Texas Rangers game, mainly out of your man, Nasty Nestor Cortez. Yes, uh, Nasty Nestor 
carries a no-hitter through, I guess, into the eighth inning. Gets one out in the top of the eighth and then does allow a hit. Uh, He goes seven and a third. No earned runs, 11 strikeouts. He did walk four batters. But um, how about the season ERA down to 1.41? And I saw a stat yesterday that since getting called up in 2020, at whatever point he got recalled in 2021, he has the lowest ERA out of all American League pitchers. I buy it. He has just been excellent for us since he's since he's came up and the start to this season i mean lj in a few weeks when we start talking about cy young contenders i mean he seriously now if he has two or three more good starts and then we start talking about the side the potential winners for cy young we're gonna you like have to throw his name in there at at this point yeah it's impossible to talk about the story of this year's cy young without talking about Nestor Cortez at this point. And let's just remind ourselves, you know, to add insult to injury to a certain fan base that I like to add insult to injury to. This is a guy who did come up with the Orioles, um, drafted by the Yankees, but ends up spending plenty of time there and then becomes immediately more successful outside of the Baltimore Orioles organization. Um, Just a little spot I hadn't caught. But yeah, this is again. This is a, this is the breakout for this guy, and it's really exciting to see. It's really exciting to see now he's fully settled into and embraced his time in the starting rotation here, and hopefully that time is a very long time. I mean, Brandon, have we seen anything that makes us concerned about this guy not holding holding up? I mean, this is back to back years with over ten strikeouts per nine, the FIP. Last year, three seven eight for basically what is effectively your rookie season as a starter. That's not anything I'm going to complain about, especially when the numbers we're seeing right now are so good. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, and there's certainly nothing to complain about here. Um, just a guy that I feel like will be able to stick around for a while. His type of pitching style is so just. Like, I guess, I don't want to say non-analytical, but just not what most pitchers are doing now. You know, he's not overpowering you with anything, um, but he he throws from funky angles. He switches up the arm action a lot, switches up his wind-up quite a bit as well, um, and it just throws hitters completely off guard. And um, if they're not used to it, um, and this is a Toronto team that has certainly faced him prior in the season but still or excuse me texas um but uh, but they they did face texas last year at some point i'm pretty sure cortez pitched but even not even if not this is just a guy that is throws you so off guard that you're not really sure what to expect um and quite 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 frankly as fans we don't know what to expect every time he goes out there as well he almost has too many wrinkles now i know we're not going to talk about this seriously we've decided until the end of the month. But who are you seeing as your real contenders right now, AL Cy Young? Um, without pulling up anything right now, I mean, I feel like I need to bring up a Kevin Gosman. He's been really good. Um, yeah, I mean, I just pulled, that's what I thought. I just pulled up Fangraph's pitcher war. 
He's got 2.2. Second place is Carlos Rodon with 1.7. I mean, that's a half war more, and they both made six starts. Um, Dylan Cease has looked really good, um, you know, specifically in the AL. Um, you know, you can throw in Nestor Cortez. Um, I was actually listening to the radio uh, broadcast of A's Tigers game one today on my way back um, on my drive back and they mentioned Paul Blackburn they weren't doing a Cy Young discussion but they did mention Paul Blackburn LJ do you have a um, little insight there I see you very I did excited because I was very honestly this is the guy that I'm kind of you know he's fallen way too far under the radar because literally right before recording I was listening to somebody else talking about underrated they're all underrated segment where they were just talking about the guys who've been underrated through this point of the season and the fact that he didn't come up is insane brandon everything about his start of the season screams cy young and if you're giving it out right now you know he probably doesn't get it but everyone would be uh, all the stat people would be up in arms about it you're talking about 1.7 reference war a yeah, he's got one war on Fangraph. So just like, you know, it's okay. early though. It's still no, early. That's still that's still darn good for a pitcher. Yeah, oh yeah. He's the eleventh best pitcher. On Fangraph. Either way you're talking about in in that he's the top pitcher for a reference war. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So okay. you're talking about that. You're talking a one point seven four ERA. That's fourth among American <laughs> League pitchers. And are you looking at it in the majors for eleventh? Yes. Okay, I'm looking at only the American League. Okay, well, in the American League, he would be... So it's Gaussman, Cease, uh, actually Bruce Zimmerman of the Orioles in front of him, and then Paul Blackburn um, behind Bruce Zimmerman, so fourth, yeah. and then Cortez, five. Most important to me, or I mean, not, to me, not most important to me, but most important to at least acknowledge... He leads the league and wins as well. He's tied he's with four. with a he's bunch tied. of other pitchers. Clay Holmes no, has also, four wins, LJ. So yes, but well, let's also keep in mind too. He's also only tied with two. Get strikes. out, Stanton. Let's go, Yanks. Just tied. How did, it. how did he get in your house? <laughs> um, let's go, Yanks. Sorry, Yankees tied. I just had to get excited there. You can you can keep going. I'm, there's only I'm, two starters. <laughs> On this, in, tied for tied with four wins, and that's really the only situation where wins matter, even a little bit, is with starters. So that's a really strong start for Paul Blackburn. The other guy I wanted to bring up, I can't, I'd be remiss if I didn't get him in this conversation. Michael Kopech's had a hell of a start. You're talking about 1.6 reference for a .93 ERA, and we'll get into him a little bit. But he had a little bit, a little bit, a touch, a skosh. Of no hitter action last night as well so this guy is just he, he's pitching as unreal as everyone thought he would at one point he's pitching like that right now and i'm all all in i'm all excited absolutely well lj let's get into the game of this of the season so far um you know you you could say mets mets phillies from the other night with their comeback but this game from May 9th yesterday um, between the Guardians and the White Sox, uh, like what a game. So you end up where 
It's the bottom of the seventh. The White Sox take a 5-1 lead. Bottom of the eighth, they extend their lead to 8-2. to um, And then you get to the ninth inning, and um, Liam Hendricks. Well, actually, can we can we slow down? Yeah, second? slow it you're, down, you're, slow you're it skipping, down. You're skipping a huge amount of this game, which was incredibly fun because you missed the entire duality of Gavin Sheets where he just basically decided, all right, I'm going to oscillate between legend and menace for a little bit here. So Michael Kopech's going. He walks one batter in the first, hasn't given up a hit. All of a sudden, you get the possibly the, yeah, it's the first notable not safe for work radio call we've had all year as somehow, some way, Gavin Sheets inexplicably lets a line drive right into his glove, just bounce off the heel of his hand. <laughs> just bounces right off the heel of his glove, and that ends up scoring a run for Cleveland. So if we're talking about like ways this could have been avoided, that's way number one. He then decides to make up for it as Zach Plezak is self-destructing in the bottom of the first by hitting an absolute nuke out. Grand slam for Gavin Sheets, and all of a sudden that puts Chicago up 4-1 to get into what Brandon was talking about earlier, as they are now top of the eighth, and it is a 5-1 game. Brandon, do you want me to keep going? Uh, Sure. I just wanted to bring up real quick, um, like obviously a Kopech pitched really good, um, but <laughs> other than that, uh, it's hard to find a pitcher who genuinely pitched like really good in this game. Oh, other than Michael Kopech, yeah. <laughs> like out of out of all the pitchers that were used, I didn't I didn't like really any of their outings. <laughs> it, it's really hard, but let's get into the outing that we all loved here. As in the top of the eighth, first baseman Josh Naylor hits his fourth double of the season to left field. It scores Stephen Kwan and makes this a three-run ball game. That is now keep it keep the count, Brandon. That is RBI number one. RBI number one, and it is what inning? It is the eighth inning. Yeah, eighth inning. Okay, eighth inning, one RBI. That's a solid game at That's that point. Very solid game. Very very very. Uh, we get we get a uh, AJ Pollock home run, his first of the year. With that being said, we forgot to put it in here. Randy went yard. Finally. It's oh over. really great yeah. great honestly i was it was kind of a sigh of relief because you know i'm not like a huge randy fan like it's hard to be a randy fan and be in the al east but at the same time like this dude this dude's too good to not have a home run i don't understand what took him so long to get marcus simeon's got to be next right like no. trevor story happen this year trevor uh, oh, story God, not that bum <laughs> not Trevor Story. LJ, how Probably happy will you be when Trevor Story hits a home run? I will show the same apathy I've shown to every other at-bat he's had in Boston. You just don't care. With that being said, he did get booed by the Fenway faithful for the first time the other day. That took way too long, I think, frankly. But either way... Well, Marcus Simeon not hitting a home run this year confirmed. Honestly, I'd be more willing to put my money on Trevor Story than... Marcus Simeon not hitting a home run. I honestly, I'm just amazed because I kind of, I kind of called it with Marcus Simeon. Like, yeah. Do you think? Do you think it's that? Is he just having a terrible time, or did he check out after he got his bag? 
I think it's a little bit of both, but we should definitely get back to this recap. So as of right now, Josh Naylor, one RBI, it's the eighth inning. Or now we're, we're heading to the top of the ninth. We're heading to the top of the ninth. Alicone. And, you know, it's it's an 8-2 game. What could possibly go wrong, right? Well, Andres Jimenez goes yard, continuing another another run of hot form for him. Um, Then all of a sudden, you know, you get a, get a little bit of an error. You get some sloppy play from Yohan Mankata in his first game back. Um, again, stuff happens. Tim Anderson's er- error is also in part because of Yohan Mankata's poor defensive play. There were six total errors in this game, but this one scores a run. Or this, yeah, this one scores a run. It is now a four run ball game, eight to four. And all of a sudden, you know, you got uh, Liam Hendricks walking into the game. Brandon, you should feel pretty confident, right? Yeah, he's only been one of the best pitchers in the in the league like the past like four seasons. Yeah, Brandon, as a, as a fantasy owner, I should be looking at my chops, right? Yeah, uh, this is this is a perfect situation for you as a fantasy owner. Well, guess what? Josh Naylor decides to go yard. He hits an absolute shot out to center field, grand slam. We got ourselves a tied ball game. Brandon, what's the RBI count up to now? What's a grand slam? One plus four equals five. One and it is the ninth inning. Five. We're in the ninth inning, and we are going into extras. Both teams manage to score in extras because, you know, I just can't be happy um, and get that uh, Liam Hendricks win or anything. But either way, we now go. We get ourselves into the top of the – 11th after Emmanuel Classe. Honestly, Emmanuel Classe, you can be somewhat happy with. It was a ghost runner. That was a fine, fine enough day. Yeah, I guess, I guess I saw a blown save and I was like, oh, but then I realized it's the ghost runner. So like, but he did have a one run lead going into the bottom of an inning where he needed three outs to get it and did allow a hit. So true, true. Still not bad though. I I prefer the next guy. He probably had the best outing out of anyone other than Kopech, who went to pitch for Cleveland. But you you can you can continue. Well, speaking of the next guy, we got a nine nine ball game. We're in the top of the eleventh, and Brandon, guess who's up? Um, uh, Josh Naylor. Josh Naylor. Josh Naylor goes yard. This one to right center. Just keeps decides, you know, I'm just going to hit it out of the farthest parts of the park as often as I can is basically his strategy for this game. He goes, he adds three more runs. It's a 12 to nine ball game. And that's how it ends as Cleveland pulls one away. Again, they're now up to second in the AL central and they found a way to sneak a game away from Tony La Russa and the White Sox here who should have had this one in the bag. Yeah, um, look. Josh Miller also adds three RBIs. Brandon, where are we at to count? 11th inning. Five plus three equals eight RBIs after the seventh inning was completed. I believe, isn't that like, isn't eight either or eight? Either it's now the record or it was the record for RBIs in the game. Oh, no, it's more than, it's more than where eight. Where is it? Where is it's it? It's more than, it's, it's, it's certainly more than eight. Certainly, it's twelve. I, there was some. Maybe it was. It, maybe it was after the seventh inning. It must be after the seventh inning. Yeah, I swear there was a record based on that. But um, no, it's uh, uh this is easily hands down 
what more could you have asked for? You get some controversy. You get some questionable uh, radio calls as obscene errors get made. You get great pitching. You get timely hitting. There, you get a stolen base. I mean, what more could you ask for out of this game? Certainly not much. And um... and Joe Kelly has a clean inning. Or most yeah. Um, you know what? And. Let's hope that the AL Central can actually be competitive this year because last year it got to a point where it was just so clear that the White Sox were the best team and they were just winning like two out of three pretty much every game like that was that or every series like that was kind of like the White Sox motto and yeah they had a hot streak there and they end up just absolutely dominating the AL Central and then they get to the playoffs and Houston just uh, you know I don't want to say like kills them but it was I don't I don't know what else you would call it that offense went crazy Houston um I think you can make an argument that Chicago was the weakest 90 win team in the league that year yeah like I think that Toronto was better than the White Sox I think you could argue Seattle was better than the White Sox, and oh, both sure. of those if teams didn't the, even make the playoffs. If you look at the competition, I mean, the only the greatest argument is Seattle. And even if you look at the competition that they played and how they played against it last year, especially towards the end of the year, they would have beat Chicago in a series. Toronto, like, towards the end of the year? Like, yeah, I know September was rough for them, but, like, they were. The the, the bottom line is the or the Blue Jays and Mariners both won more games in the regular season than the Braves did. The rotation was gassed. Kimbrel was imploding. And yeah. there was just there wasn't enough in the tank for an a lineup that wasn't as ta- wasn't as talented as everybody thought. No, you're absolutely right. Um well, the next thing we wanted to get to here um Quite the surprise result yesterday, but um, today is certainly made up for it. But the Pirates beat the Dodgers five to one, and I think like yes, like obviously Dodgers have been very good and had the best record in the league at nineteen and seven. But you know things like this happen like pretty, you know not I want to say often, but you'll see a bad team beat a good team in baseball. Like it happens. Like a lot of times per this per season it's the fact lj that jose quintana for the pirates gets the first win by a starting pitcher on that team so far this year 28 games into the season and it was the first time that they had a win come from a starting pitcher and this is a team that had won 12 games up until that point there is a lot there's a lot of teams with worse records than 12 and 16 and it took them that long to get a win from the starting pitcher position longest in MLB history history no team's ever taken longer no team's ever taken longer no team has ever taken longer and you want to know why it's because teams used to just leave their pitchers out there they would like going past the sixth inning or the fifth inning was it was like it was happening so often. Even if you had allowed seven runs, you're staying out there. And, you know, it's also a situation where I think you have to look at this and see not only is this a team that you weren't expecting much from, you weren't expecting a lot from the offense, even from the bullpen. 
Even from the starting pitching, you weren't expecting all that much. So. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You weren't expecting a lot of wins out of the team or the starters with the extra factors around them. But then you come out and the starters have underperformed. I mean, Jose Quintana, after, before yesterday, I believe, was probably over a 3 ERA. He's got a 2.70 right now. But before that, was probably up a little higher than that. That's that's fine. That's solid. But guys like J.D. Brubaker and Mitch Keller played really well last year. And both of them are up around a 6 ERA. So they haven't even helped them. The starters haven't even helped themselves yet. Like. Mm-hmm. And you look at the the innings pitched for their starters, too. Um, I didn't mean to interrupt you there. Sorry. But the innings pitched for their starters, they have one starter over 30 innings pitched. (laughs) I mean, LJ made the innings graphic for our Instagram today, the innings leaderboard graphic. LJ, what was the top guy on that list? Do you happen to remember? Um, It would be excellent if I knew. However, I still have it up. Kyle Hendricks and Joe Musgrove were tied for the top. With with what? 39. 39, and the Pirates only have one pitcher over 30. And that is at 30, correct? Yes. Direct, yeah, uh, right at 30. So, and they've had three pitchers start six games, so you can't even say anything about, like, a sample there, like or, like, a small sample. Like, they've no, pitched six, the same amount of games. Six is the limit right now yeah. for guys. And... In the same six starts, the top guys have pitched a full game more than Jose Quintana has. Yeah. Like, just think that think that through. I'm gonna derail this episode real quick just to remind us of an ongoing situation. Brandon, we have no, another no hitter brewing. We do. Justin Verlander is uh, has no hit the Twins through five innings. We are currently in the top of the sixth, and we will be watching that intently. I will also be watching it intently once we finish recording. Yes. Hopefully as, as it keeps going, because I, I'd be in my glory. The it two is. games I have pulled up on my MLB TV right now, it actually was Astros Twins, and then it was Reds Brewers. But during the episode, I'm always flipping around different tabs and was not keeping track. Um, wow, that is impressive to me. And also... Um, LJ, a guy who I would have considered for Cy Young consideration, now that I think about it, how about Joe Ryan? Yep. For the Twins. You know, we were, like, making fun of the Twins for starting this guy on their opening day, and he's a legit starter. I know he got uh, tagged a little bit tonight, um, but he's facing the Astros lineup. I mean, yeah, he had five walks. It was certainly a rough start for him tonight. And my point's a little invalidated, but he was off to a very good start before tonight's uh, game. Either way, I still think, you know, this guy's going to be a really successful pitcher. I mean, I was listening to somebody um, on the Minnesota beat writers talk about him earlier today. And it's like, not only does he have an elite fastball, not only, but the breaking stuff's coming along and it's only going to get better with time. It's only going to age well, better and better. But also just his arm slot is very odd. You know, you look at it, 
it's going to be very it's a very hard look for a lot of people to see a lot of people to adjust to when it's not something you see every single time out so yeah this guy's got a lot going well, going for him and you're not going to also see this guy walk five batters in a game most nights no absolutely the other thing i wanted to um derail the episode over is the fact that the dodgers have had a nice little uh, response to uh <laughs> pitcher just going off against them they're gonna bring up their their own guy to go off tomorrow as ryan pepios unless brandon has another pronunciation on that that he can find oh i believe that's right the team's number five overall prospect a pitcher he was selected in the third round of the 2019 draft he's on his way up and has been absolutely cooking first off this is a this is a pretty quick, considering losing 2020, this is a very quick path to the majors. He goes, he only gets 18 innings in A ball after leaving rookie in 2019 and then flies up to triple A last season. This year through 26 innings in triple A, the dude's got a 12, 1230 case per nine and a 205 ERA against major league comparable hitters. So this dude is already looking legit. You're looking at a plus fastball, a plus plus changeup, and he could be really fun. He could give this his opposition fits tomorrow. Yeah, and not only is this guy been pitching really good in triple A this season, but he was ranked as a top 100 overall prospect. They have him here at 99 um, prior to the 2022 season. And I think people forget, like, one of the reasons why the Dodgers are so good right now is not through them just wanting to spend money, but the player development that they've had insane. has been insane. And, you know, especially pitchers, I mean, look at what they – you know, were able to do with a guy like Walker Bueller, <laughs> like turned him into an absolute stud. Julio Urias has been there how long? He's really, really good. There's just so many different, you know, success stories with players. What about st- the best Tony in LA? Tony Gonsolin? Yeah. I mean, he's he's really good too, and it, that's the thing is that. You know, I'm not gonna. I don't know if he's if he's better than Tony Rendon, LJ, but um, <laughs> no. I mean, for Ryan, and I, I did find a pronunciation. You were very close. It is Pepio. 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 For Ryan Pepio, you're right. You get to start against the Pirates, um, and. Andrew Heaney, we still don't know when he's returning from the IL. This could be more than just a spot start for him. He could stay up for, you know, who knows how long. If he pitches good tomorrow, it's, you know, the possibilities are endless. Well, I wouldn't necessarily, I'm not going to go as far as to say the possibilities are endless because just because there is so much, so much talent on this team and it might be better to just give him more time, give him this, uh, cup of coffee, then let him go because we we can't forget how, just how stacked this group is. I mean, I, I'm giving up on the pipe dream of David Price ever actually getting a real start for this team. 
But either way, you've got Andrew Heaney, who started off fantastic for this team to start the season. Yeah. Like, it's kind of insane how well he did. You've got Dustin May, go, undergoes Tommy John last May. He could end up back with the, in the fold at some point this season. I haven't really checked into when he'd be coming back. But you figure with Tommy John, you're talking maybe July, August return if they if they want to bring him along quickly. And either way, you got to have Danny Duffy sooner rather than later, right? I mean... They wouldn't have traded for him if, if they knew that he was literally going to play zero games for that. I mean, no, they wouldn't have traded for him. They wouldn't have re-signed him. Yeah. They brought yeah. him back knowing he just had the surgery. So he is going to be a scary option for them. Like, realistically, that's – I just rattled off three established major leaguers that are all really, really good or really, really good with the Dodgers around him. So maybe this isn't Ryan Pepio's time. But this is his first little experience. This is his first dabbling. I believe Dustin May did the same thing. You know, it takes some of these guys with such a good team a while to break through. All I know is this. He is best served being in the best organization in baseball. And the team is best served by keeping their prospects around because they have no other real holes to trade for. Uh, Absolutely. And, you know, it makes you think about that trade that they make last year to get Max Scherzer and they trade Josiah Gray. Um, I wonder how much like of the Dodgers thought process, and this is kind of like a weird thought thing that I just had, but they know that they're so good at player development, right? And Josiah Gray, obviously a very highly touted prospect. Do you think that when they go to trade a guy like him, they almost are thinking in the back of their head, like, there's a better chance that he gets worse on a team like the Nationals, who are not as good as, who are not as good at player development as us. I think that's a very real situation. You also have a lot of other factors in here that really, you know, need to be explored. Number one, the fact that they're saying, all right, we're probably going to be able to just put together another top 50 pitching prospect a year or two from now when we actually need it, then we're going to be trying to figure out how to get Josiah Gray into the rotation. And Josiah Gray has been good this year. He actually has four wins, but I was just using him as like the example. Oh, I I, I get that. Yeah, exactly. But exactly my point is like, we already named they have seven established starters on their roster. Plus Trevor Bauer, who they thought they were going to have coming into this year as well. By the time that they actually needed him, it would have been too late and they would have wasted his entire career. So that's part of it is trying to figure out where that window is and when that window is. But also there's a, there's a reasonable chance. I mean, you're talking about a guy who, as much as he's had a good start this year, a three, four, five ERA over 31 innings, 9.77 strikeouts per nine. The only thing that's gone down is how much the rate he's giving up the long ball, which might just be, a timeliness thing mm. or the balls sample sized balls as well so who knows i'm really i'm not hoping it's the case i would love to see josiah gray stay healthy oh yeah but i think it also could be a situation where the outside world was valuing josiah gray much higher than the dodgers are because if you're able to develop that well you also look for different things 
maybe they didn't think that Josiah Gray meant as much to this team as, say, Pepio or Julio Urias or somebody else that's young, you know? Like, they clearly have stuff they're looking for. He might not have been exactly what they were looking for in terms of fit either. So that's even more incentive to just let him go. Absolutely. And um, cool thing about Josiah Gray, he went to, he played college at this school called Lemoyne College, which is literally a mile down the road from Syracuse University where I go. Um, and they they have an outdoor field um, uh, and on their campus. Um, the fact that he was able to get recognized at that level of college, because it's not a D1 school for baseball, and in the Northeast, in Syracuse, New York, where the weather, it snowed, in late April this year. Like, literal snow on the ground. And, LJ, when does the college season start? End of February? Early March? <laughs> yeah. I was still fully wearing a winter coat then. Um, the fact that he was able to get recognized and picked in the second round of the draft by the Reds at that point um, is just so impressive. Um, so impressive. And he, you know... He was actually in the Jeter Downs trade um, when he was on the Reds, LJ, if you remember. But, yeah, we certainly got sidetracked there, but. Yeah, major derailment. I don't even remember what we were talking about. Justin Verlander's back on the mound, though, King. I think we started with a Dodgers Dodgers Pirates. Hey, we, you know. We were Dodgers Pirates. I don't remember where we were going from there, though. Um, either way, we're yeah overtime overblowing, for sure. Overflowing overtime. Yeah, yeah, well, you know, every second it's a little over, a little more over, but that's okay. Well, while we talk about this no hitter, um, just want to do want to mention, kind of bummed. Carlos Correa does go on the ten day IL with a bruised finger, and that means he will miss this Houston series. You know, you have the Astros coming in to minnesota this weekend or this it's royce lewis time it's royce lewis time and also royce has played really well yeah which is very exciting for this team you know um hopefully what do you even do with him because geo hasn't played bad but if he plays well enough you kind of want to keep him around right are you moving are you moving him to third base are you making him try to adjust to different things like that right now or are you just sending him down and saying, good job, we'll see you at the trade deadline? Um, I think they've, they've probably thought about it, but they're they're just too scared to figure out exactly what they want to do. I guess it's kind of like they'll cross that bridge when they get there. Um, honestly, I, I don't know what I would do. LJ, I can't even give a firm opinion on what I would do if I was in charge of that team right now. At this point in time, and it genuinely depends on how the next 10 days go if he's setting the world on fire like what he's doing right now 700 ops that's very good that's a really good start for him and i know it's only been 10 plate appearances but at the end of the day if he's able to show a little bit more i feel like you kind of have to keep him up but it also greatly depends on them winning games you know if you start to slide back in this conversation if Carlos Correa wants out. 
then all of a sudden that also very much varies what you're going to do here. You're probably better off, I think, at least through the first half of the season, sending him back to AAA. And then maybe if Geo isn't working out, because he really hasn't been for them, you know, I think, and this is another fair question to ask here, is the Geo Urshela run over officially? Like, is the his era of greatness dead? Kind of a fair question to ask right now. If that, that's not going well for Minnesota come July, then you move into that situation where he either plays third base or they trade Correa and he plays shortstop. So honestly, I think his future is more tied to AAA. Immediate future is more tied to AAA than it is the major league level. But back on the Urshala thing, Brandon, I'll let you. Um, I, I'm, you know, I'm, I don't really have much to say about Urshela now. I want to give it a little bit a bigger of a sample size. There was one really interesting comment I was going to make, and then we can certainly get out of here. Um, at what what player, what point are we going to see? Because so much of the CBA talk this offseason was about service time manipulation and how to get rid of it. Um, and, of course, the MLB implements this new system where if you finish, like if you have guys that finish in the top whatever of rookie of the year or MVP voting, you get a draft pick, right? Is that how they're doing it? Something yep. like that. Could Royce Lewis, I mean, the AL Rookie of the Year is still really wide open. Um, I don't think it's that wide open. Oh, it's there's a lot of time left. I mean, come on. Like, there is LJ. He could play 130 games this year. If, I mean, like, realistically, like, if he's hitting good enough and Urshela's bad enough and they will find games for him, he could play 115 games. He could play 100 games, and if he's good enough, get – at least in the top three in rookie of the year voting, which is what you need to get a draft pick. Like at what point do one of these teams do keep a guy up because of something like that? Because they, the league is so, you know, they, the league wants these guys to stay up. Well, for starters, I think from what I've seen out of Royce Lewis through three games, he's probably going to be the second best rookie of the year candidate on his own team. That's something we have to be aware of. I mean, you talk about Julio Rodriguez. I don't think it's as open as you're making it out to be right now. I mean, I, I definitely respect the thought process here. I but... think it's, like, so wide open. Like, I think a guy like Riley Green, who hasn't played a game yet this year, could still win Rookie of the Year. I don't know. Maybe it's just because I haven't been blown away. If he gives me, like, a signature, again, can we – I'm going to put this down on my calendar on the 20th. We're going to talk about this again. Okay. Let's bring this back up next Friday. The rookie of the year. Um, Not even the rookie of the year. Royce Lewis. Okay. Let's talk about Royce Lewis. Perfect. Royce Lewis Friday. I need a signature game out of this guy for me to really put him into any sort of category. It hasn't been long enough for me to really give you a fair idea on this. But in theory, yes, we're going to start seeing bad teams keep guys up even like, again, it's going to be one of those situations where maybe you find Adolis Garcias of the world, where you bring a guy up kind of on a prayer just because you need somebody, or not you need somebody, but like, he's not a top prospect, but you're like, he's ready to be in the majors, so you try him out, and all of a sudden you give him at-bats because he's going to be able to get you a draft pick, and all of a sudden maybe those at-bats turn him into something. Another thing I've been thinking about, though, on the whole um, 
what do you call it? Um, service time manipulation thing is how many teams are going to get blamed for service time manipulation that actually aren't anymore? Because the service time thing, I think, is actually just more of a convenient measure of time, in my opinion. Like, you talk about, you basically need to miss a month of the season. You're talking about early May. You're talking about 20 games in AAA for these guys. That's a good t- good enough time to see, all right, is this guy ready? If you're watching, you're scrutinizing every at-bat. And so as much as it's, it's not every team's intention. Chris Bryant wasn't ready. No, no, no. Chris Bryant was ready. There are guys. I'm not saying service time manipulation doesn't exist. I'm saying some teams are going to look really bad for bringing guys up in May now just because they didn't feel like they were ready. Some of these guys, they're like, all right, let's see how they do at X point. And if they're ready at X point, we're going to bring them up. I think mid-May is a very good jumping off point to bring rookies up. Realistically, you're talking for rookies. It's either the beginning of the season. It's either the beginning of the season, early May, early July, September. And the people who bring guys up in early May shouldn't be – blamed for that which they're going to get blamed for that as people get hypersensitive to this well i certainly think that that's a good spot to end today's show uh thank you guys for listening we'll be back tomorrow to break down a lot of action that has happened so far in tonight's games whether or not justin verlander um keeps balling out I'm sure we'll talk about him at least a little bit and a lot of other interesting stuff going on that we'll get to. But until then, I'm Brandon. He's LJ. Follow us Instagram, Twitter, TikTok at MLB Daily Pod, and we will see you tomorrow. See you Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready.